This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning and their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices, as well as storylines from your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So how do you stay on top of all of this excitement and fun? You download the Odyssey app, you search Pucks and Bolts, and hit that auto-download button so that you have all of these brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you to listen. Better yet, share it with friends, family, other hockey fans, Tampa Bay Lightning fans, for sure, because everyone wants to know what's going on with this Tampa Bay Lightning team. And I'll get into more of why this team is so exciting here shortly. So guys, I am your host, Casey Hudson, and I am so excited to chat with you guys because, you know, we've got good news. We've got high vibes on this Friday, starting with the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning continued their home ice success. They have extended their home win streak to 11 consecutive games. And if you know what went down last night if you know who they played last night then you also know what I'm saying is that the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Boston Bruins they won they put an L in front of the Boston Bruins and I cannot wait to get into all of that because look out of three matchups this team has obviously lost to the Bruins twice two pretty tight contentions Uh, there was a lot of interesting drama that stirred out of the last game that took place in Boston Uh, Ties the franchise record for home winning streak, by the way, Lightning fans, hockey fans. So keep that in mind when we talk about the trajectory of this team, the midway point. Um, If you guys have not caught the last few episodes of Pucks and Bolts, go back and listen because that's been a crucial part of the conversation at this point of the season. Where's the team at? What are they doing well? What do they need to clean up? And are they they in the playoff conversation um, comfortably, confidently? So Yes, the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Boston Bruins 3-2 to in a very, very exciting game. Playoff atmosphere is what every fan will say. If I had to nitpick one experience of last night's game, it's the fact that there were so many Boston fans there that you didn't know who was cheering for who in very crucial moments on the ice. But it just makes it that much more exciting and obviously adds to the playoff vibes that I mentioned earlier. So, well... Bolts fans, you guys crushed it, but Bruins fans, you guys came in hot. I definitely have to give you guys some credit. Um, Leaning into the breakdown of these three periods, 60 minutes of some quality hockey. That first period was pretty neck and neck. Boston Bruins, of course, come out putting shots on goal. Heading into this game, I just had a feeling that it was going to be David Pasternak that, you know, led with shots on goal, and that's exactly what he did. Um, Think of this. Paint this picture really quickly before we fully get into the game. You've got Linus Allmark between the pipes. You got David Pasternak. Then you've got Andre Vasilevsky between the pipes. And then you've got Nikita Kucherov. You have four all stars on the ice with one of the top teams in the league sitting at 80 points and only six losses after last night. And then you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have been doing enough great things to be in the conversation, but still have some cleanups. And I think they sit at about 31 wins right now. So. Just to add to what this atmosphere felt like last night, we did see some quality all-star, um, I'm trying to think of the best word, all-star characteristics or traits, all-star traits take place during this battle on the ice at Emily Arena. So that added to so much of what made this game fun to watch, exciting, and 
a very important game for either team to win. And luckily it was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, opening up that first period, neck and neck situation. Um, I will say this, the Bolts came out tilting the ice for maybe the first two minutes, which is not what you would expect, but that's Coach Cooper's key. Come out, set the tone, create your structure, set your pace. And I think that they did a very good job of doing that at first. Obviously, with the Bruins being as skilled as they are, as fast as they are, and as physical as they are, they can level the playing field, and they eventually started to get there. Coming out hot, though, there's been some line changes that have helped contribute to that spark starting off nice and fast. And it's the fact that Nick Paul's not hanging out on that second line. Nick Paul's down on that third line. And, Bolts fans, he's not playing center right now, which when he switched to that center position in the beginning of the season, he was that spark. He helped generate so many chances. So to see him head back to the left wing position was interesting. Um, but so necessary because it was that third line. It was Nick Paul, Ross Colton, and Pat Maroon that helped get a lot of good things going for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not to take away from the other line success, but a key note to think of also is that the last time that they played the Bruins in Boston, when they were trying to swing the momentum back in their favor, it was the third line that Pat Maroon was on, but it was Nemestikov and Ross Colton that were in that mix. So something very um, important about that third line, the element that they bring, maybe they're underestimated, but there's something there that helps this team get into a structure and have better puck possession because they were commanding every time that they hit the ice. So third line comes out, sets a nice tone. They were the starters of the game. But once the Boston Bruins started tilting the ice in their favorite middle towards the end of that first period there, what was eye-opening was how well some of the deep pairings started to show a lot of chemistry. You had Ian Cole, who had some monstrous saves. You had Eric Chernak, who was able to get his stick in the right place at the right time. Their play in front of Vasilevsky was so, so good. But you also saw how well they started being able to lean on one another and not have to take so much time, so much of a pause. They minimized gaps for this explosive Boston Bruins team. And then comes down to power plays. It wasn't a highly penalized game, which was a goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not too many penalties, not too many silly penalties, which is always the most frustrating part for Coach Cooper. And on the power play, it's Brandon Hagel, the kid that you love to love, that gets on the board. So Lightning come out and set a good tone for two minutes. They kind of get in an even strength battle. Boston starts to tilt the ice. Bolts go on a power play due to a penalty. And Brandon Hagel capitalizes, opening the scoring. And gives us a really exciting celebration after that. I think he probably has the best sellies on the team. We'll probably throw that up on the Twitter at Pucks and Bolts to see you guys' thoughts of who has the best sellies on the Tampa Bay Lightning roster so far. So exciting first period in the books, closes down first intermission, all sorts of great conversations go down. Uh, closing out that first period, though, the Bruins do end up on a power play. They only have about 15 seconds to play it out, which means second period's opening up in favor of the Bruins, putting them in prime positioning to get on the scoreboard. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning's penalty kill unit crushed it last night. They have been successful over their last 12 games. So while they haven't been able to particularly add to the scoring tally uh, when it comes to power plays as much as they typically do, their PK unit has been able to step up tremendously um, about November and October, end of October, top of November. This was a key point that Coach Cooper was really frustrated with. It was the fact that the PK unit wasn't stepping up as much. Um, he had to keep switching guys from the first unit to the second unit to see what was going to give. And luckily, 
some of the two-way players started to finally come back to life. I think that the expectation was that when Anthony Sorelli came back in, he was going to be able to just take that load fully on. While he was extremely helpful, he wasn't able to completely commandeer that on his own accord. So it took other guys stepping up. Now this PK unit is in a sweet spot and we're able to kill off both of the Boston Bruins power plays last night. Um, but as they continue to move through that second period in a very unfortunate situation, coming off of a power play, man gets back on the ice, even strength. It's a rapid situation happening. It's Brad Marchand that gets on the board thanks to Connor Clifton. And look, they have one of the best defensive pairings in the NHL between Lindholm and McAvoy and you saw that in so many different ways last night. It's terrifying to think of this deep pairing and what they're capable of doing. They're scary when it comes to being on the offensive attack, and you wouldn't expect that from their size and their frame. Lindholm, when he played um, in L.A., he wasn't particularly that guy, but it just shows you how important the right system, the right pairing, the right chemistry actually is. So something to consider when it comes to how far this Boston Bruins team will go, but it was Lindholm that got things going, Clifton to Marchand. They get on the board, level the scoreboard 1-1 early in the second. Um, and then second period becomes this give-and-go battle the entire time. I can't really say that it was in favor of one or the other, but I will tell you this. In the post-game press conference when I was asking Coach Cooper about the defense's performance, particularly Victor Hedman and Zach Bogosian, he was saying how this is probably one of the most sound performances this team has had as a defense. They weren't creating so much time and space. They weren't being thrown on their heels so much. They were able to react and respond in, in tight situations, and they kept their composure through every single situation. So whether it was a bad bounce, bad pass, uh, it didn't throw them out of their structure. It didn't throw them out of their game. And Victor Hedman and Zach Bogosian were a huge part of that success last night. So. Coach Cooper, while he did rave about Hedman and Zach Bogosian and about the sound 60 minutes of hockey that his team fought for, he also mentioned that if there was a period, if there was a time that this team did beat themselves, it was in the second period. He just didn't love the fact that they were able to give off that goal to Marchand. Um, again, it was a timing and angle thing. He feels like it could have been slightly prevented. There was a lot of goalie interference situations that uh, took place last night on the ice, one in favor of the Bolts, one going against the Bolts, and it was just an untimely fashion um, that that all came about. So with that, Coach Cooper said if there was a period that they would beat themselves, it was only in the second period, and it was probably only in the last six minutes, and that would be him just nitpicking at the team's performance, not something that he would have said in the typical overview. So it's always great to have Coach Cooper give us insight because it helps us pay that much closer attention shows you why this team has the ability to go as far as they've gone the last three seasons and potentially will go this season. It's those small details. We've talked about that here before on pucks and bolts. So with that second period kind of going back and forth, as I mentioned, this is the one time that the bolts kind of got close to getting in that shots on goal range, but a lot of big saves between Vasilevsky and Allmark. And then you get into that third period. Now the conversation in the second intermission heading into this third period was nice and simple. Anthony Sorelli, Victor Hedman, and um, Coach Cooper talked with us after the game and said the biggest conversation we had when it came to facing off with the Boston Bruins was for the Bolts to not beat the Bolts. If you are a Tampa Bay fan, that sounds familiar because that was the running theme of the Buccaneers. We won't get into all of that, but Tampa Bay has this unfortunate way of beating themselves in almost every sport. So 
knowing what the Boston Bruins bring to the table, knowing that it's not just one key guy that gets things going. All of these guys have such a skill set and their chemistry is just on fire right now. They don't sit on the top of the league with 38 wins, six losses and 80 some odd points for no reason. So it was the fact that Coach Cooper truly believes that any loss that they've had this season, most of them, he said, has come because the Bolts have beat themselves. So the biggest conversation in that second intermission was do not go out there and give the Bruins this game. Do not go out there and let off the gas, but do not be a bull in a china shop. Don't try to force plays. Don't hold your stick too tight. Don't make all of the common mistakes that we've made throughout the season and give this team a leg up. We are now dead even with one another on the third period. Third period has been the Tampa Bay Lightning's comeback period. They have commanded 90% of the third period games they have had this season. Statistically, they score the most in the first and third period. Go take a look at those stats because it's very eye-opening to see what this team has done. Even if they don't control the scoreboard in the first period, have a sloppy second period and a resurgence in the third period. So third period comes out. It's Braden. Point from Nikita Kucherov and Steven Samkos getting on the board 58 seconds into the third. And this, if we know anything about the Tampa Bay Lightning or in hockey in general, was the momentum swing that this team needed. And they started to play so confidently after that. They started to switch some things up on the line. They weren't relying on special teams to get the job done. They weren't making stupid mistakes. They weren't even allowing big physical moments to take place. Um, you saw some moments where... There were guys trying to kind of egg on Steven Stamkos and get a reaction out of him to see if they can get any penalties going. And the Lightning were very disciplined. So I have to say that the biggest key from the third period was the discipline that they came into it with. Unfortunately, two minutes, 24 seconds into the third period, it's the Bruins that find a way to get back on the board and level the scoreboard yet again. And this was another moment that the Tampa Bay Lightning could have been defeated or lost their momentum or started to get out of their structure, lose discipline, all the long list of things that we typically would be talking about at this point in time versus a team like the Bruins. Um, but it's not what happened. Another look, quick little line changes, trying to see what, what synergy they can kind of get going there. It was Steven Stamkos on that second line that really started to help keep get his team back into a successful play. But it comes back to the defense for me personally, because it was Ian Cole. It was Eric Chernock. It was Victor Hedman skating for dear life. And it was Zach Bogosian. Bogosian probably played the best 200 feet of hockey of his career. And I say this because not only was he dominating on the blue line to keep the puck forward to help his forwards have opportunities, but he was able to backtrack so quickly, his transitioning from zone to zone was perfection and he's a big body so not only to get back and get in front of Vassy to protect him he was body checking guys way out of the way to make sure that they didn't even have a chance to line up a shot and just to get back on the offensive attack and hold down the blue line so Zach Bogosian had a hell of an athletic game last night versus the Boston Bruins I got a chance to ask Victor Hedman about him after the game when he laughed and goes well, he's a big dude, but nobody realizes that he's not afraid to put shots on goal. And on top of it, you don't want to go one-on-one -on -one with him when it comes to checking because he's probably going to win. And that's exactly what we saw last night. We saw Bogosian winning when it came to physicality, fearlessly putting, putting puck Steve for his team and just helping them set up in the best ways possible. And so I think between Victor Hedman and Zach Bogosian and what they brought to the ice, what they brought to the blue line last night, helped those forwards not overthink 
the situation. We know the Tampa Bay Lightning are that team that has a tendency to just overpass, and I think they picked up on that early, especially after that goal came from the Boston Bruins to get the, t- the game tied again. So their adjustment there was to just start getting the puck forward. They started to catch up on shots on goal. They were Boston Bruins probably had them lapsed by almost 12 more shots on goal, and they minimized that margin towards the end of the game, which just shows you how on fire they were in the third period. All that. And then you start getting some breakaways. You got Brandon Hagel with a beautiful breakaway, but he's denied by Allmark. Then you've got another breakaway by Ross Colton, denied again. Then you've got Braden Point, who had this beautiful breakaway. Of course, he puts up the speed that we all know that he has. The puck gets a little too far ahead of him. He tries to get a stick on it to pass it into the net, and then it goes past the net and bounces off the boards. But who's right there to clean up the rebound? It's Victor Hedman, and without blinking or thinking twice, Victor Hedman rips a shot from the left circle and hits the goal. And the beautiful part about it is Allmark was obviously distracted because he was trying to make sure that Braden Point's goal or scoring attempt didn't happen. So he's completely off of his feet, dove into the ice when Victor Hedman took that quick opportunity and nailed the goal, landing it in the back. And then comes the biggest conversation that this team always has in this moment. Now they have a lead yet again. Boston Bruins are an offensive firepower of a team. They're physical. They're tough. Do you completely just transition to playing defense, or do you still attempt to score goals? And there's been a couple of games where Coach Cooper has said, you know, at that point I would prefer our guys to just go and play a sound defensive game, or no, we still need to have an even distributed attack, try to get goals on. He doesn't like when a team gets to that two- and three-goal mark. Um, the Boston Bruins having two goals, Coach Cooper said, was already too much. What this team chose to do last night was not completely go on the defense. They decided to still have an even attack against this game and try to get pucks on goal versus one of the best goaltenders in the league. First period, Tampa Bay Lightning only had seven shots on goal compared to the Boston Bruins, 13. Second period, 13 to the Bruins, 14. Third period, 15 to the Bruins, 12. So you can see that they've primarily decided to stay on the attack. They were trusting the deep pairings behind them, and the defense came up strong for these guys. You could see how protected Vasilevsky felt. And, of course, this conversation has no merit without mentioning the performance that Andre Vasilevsky had between the pipes. He came out with some spectacular saves, especially the first 10 minutes of that third period was crucial. There was two key goals that could have gotten past Vasilevsky putting the Bruins up above the Bolts, making the Bolts chase the game, and that was not the case at all. I don't even know how to explain Andre Vasilevsky's vision other than saying that if 30-30 existed, the big cat has it. So some statistics that were important that played into the success for the Tampa Bay Lightning last night were not their shots on goal, even though they closed out with 35 shots on goal compared to the Boston Bruins' 39 shots on goal. As I described, those first 40 minutes of hockey, there was a big margin between these two teams shots on goal and the lightning were able to catch up in that third period it was the physicality that they brought to the team um they brought to the ice and it wasn't just pat maroon bringing all all the hits in it was ross colton and brandon hagel there was a lot of words that went down last night that had brandon hagel really pissed off and pissed off brandon hagel is actually quite the NHL player. Uh, also, Corey Perry, he did not like a lot of things going down on the ice last night. So you saw him in a couple of tangles and he dropped the gloves twice before heading to the box. 
but this team wasn't drawing stupid penalties. It was more they were protecting their goalie because of the goalie interference issues that I mentioned earlier in this segment on pucks and bolts. And then it was also the fact that they were just protecting each other. You know, one extra hit on Braden Point was too much. You saw the guys go to war over that. Brandon Hagel can hold his own. He tried to flip somebody over the bench, over the Bruins bench to send them in. Um, their level of protection with one another has started to play a larger role in all of these games. And I think it helps a team that's always been known to be quick and just speedsters to be a lot more physical and a lot more fearful in that aspect. And it's not always coming down to the stay at home defensemen. Um, you're seeing a lot of these forwards step up. Of course, that's what Nick Paul was brought in for to play on that bottom six is Ed and Cena mentioned to us on the last episode of Pucks and Bulls and be more of a physical element. No one expected him to be a scoring tornado, and now he's making career milestones in this season alone. With all that said, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning closed out last night with 30 hits compared to the Boston Bruins' 26, only eight giveaways. So staying under that double-digit conversation that we're always having here on Pucks and Bolts, double digits is too much for giveaways. That's when Bolts beat themselves. So while there were some sloppy pass issues, there were still so many key moments where this team played such a tight niche movement up the ice they weren't trying to make these stupid passes um they were relying on the fact that they knew who was going to that their teammate was going to be at the right place at the right time they had a couple cute moments but not too many and that came in the second period that probably was not the most favorable period but i think the fight was still tremendous in the second period nine block shots to the Boston Bruins, 11 block shots. So at moments, they definitely kept the Bruins on their heels. And then penalty minutes, 13 to the Boston Bruins, 15 penalty minutes. Um, the bigger overall picture that I would say with this before I get into cherry pickers is that there was a couple people that felt like the Boston Bruins beat themselves last night. But I, I dare you to go back and watch the highlights from this game and say that this wasn't just a game where the Tampa Bay Lightning played that much better. Two of the best goaltenders in the league between the pipes two all-stars on the ice, arguably another all-star that should have been in the conversation and then some. I think that the skill-to-skill, -skill, the head-to-head -head matchup was a great man-in-the-mirror situation, and the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to come out on top. Look at the review of the last two matchups that these teams have had. That game in, in Boston was winnable for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it wasn't going to be the top two lines that made it happen. It was going to be those bottom six guys, and they just waited or they – weren't able to turn it on until it was too late. There's only so much clock to make some magic happen. So a very winnable matchup for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Very happy they were able to win it. Extend their win streak to 11 on home ice. And the retro jerseys. It was the end of an era for the retro jerseys that you either loved or loved to hate. I think by the end of the season, everybody just decided to love it. I was on board with the whole it's so bad, it's good vibes in the beginning of the season. And now here I am like, well, I've loved it all along, still didn't get one, need to get one. And last night was the last time that the boys would wear the retro jerseys. Anthony Sorelli told me after the game he was a big fan of them, and he's hoping they might come back next year. So that's another poll we'll throw up over on the Pucks and Bolts Twitter to find out, did it grow on you by the end of the season? Do you own one of these retro jerseys, and would you actually want it to come back? So many great things. Um about the jersey just minus some of the moments where you're like is that a lightning bolt or is that something else those videos are still the best of the guys depicting whether or not they actually like the jersey 
I think at this point they love it enough. So a lot of content over at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. You'll see the guys warming up. You'll see the retro jerseys for the last time. We put some fun music behind it for closing time because, well, that's the end of the era, as I mentioned, which takes us over to some cherry pickers from last night's head-to-head battle versus the Boston Bruins. And I think this is the first time I've gotten through an episode and not alluded to who my cherry picker would be because I always give it away at some point. Um, But not this time. The guy, the man, the myth, the legend that I am handing out an award to for this cherry picker has got to be Ross Colton. I was excited to see Victor Hedman get on the board last night. Finally, he it was due. It was long overdue. He had a hell of a game. Zach Bogosian, great game. I mean, so many guys just leveled up last night. It was Ross Colton that was all over the ice. He was relentless on the attack. He was relentless defending the puck. He was relentless against the boards. He was relentless in the neutral zone. He he had a different motor on him last night. Um, we haven't seen this probably since not even last year's playoffs, but the playoffs before that, uh, right before the Stanley Cup final. That's the Ross Colton I saw on the ice last night. I mean, it was to the point where he was beating guys to the boards so quickly um, fighting for the puck to the point where I think somebody gave him a bloody nose, but he didn't even care, skated off, plugged it up, and got back on. He was playing a very smart hockey. So I made that bull in the china shop reference way earlier in the segment, as in sometimes these guys go out there and they're just kind of aggressively, overly trying to make things happen. Sometimes Ross Colton can get in that way. Uh, get in his own way in that aspect or always trying to kind of wait for the right shot. He had great shots on goal. If it was a different goaltender, Ross Colton would have walked away with two goals last night or maybe even a hat trick. That's how aggressive, that's how smart, that's how tactful of a game he had. So we didn't get a chance to talk with him in post game, but again, he stood out tremendously to me last night for honorable mentions. Nick Perbix, you saw a speed out of this kid that you haven't seen before this season it was a scary sight because it was when McAvoy fighting for puck possession, racing each other down to the Boston Bruins side of the ice. And McAvoy went sliding into the boards. He was down for a little bit. Pasternak made sure that he was able to get up and skate off to the Bruins bench. Thankfully, he's fine. We haven't heard an update yet today. But to see the wheels on Nick Perbix and the conversation that I had with Ed and Cena about how special this defensive player is and how he wasn't even brought in to be this spectacular special player, um, it's worth a a look back for one and also go listen to that conversation that I was able to have with Ed and Cena. So Herbix will be an honorable mention for me. As I said, Victor Hedman finally gets on the board. Zach Bogosian, one of the best games that I've seen him play in, which will lead us to this. The Tampa Bay Lightning get ready to have one more game at home. Can they increase the win streak to 12 consecutive games? They host the LA Kings, which means Kevin Fiala, Andre Kempe, Kopitar, and so many other great players in this league. The LA Kings are in the battle out west to sit atop of the Western Conference, and they're putting enough points to get there. Um, We had a chance to talk with Ed and Cena about it, so what you're going to want to do is catch that episode so that you know who he chose to win tomorrow's battle. It will also be Gasparilla in Tampa Bay. So it will be interesting to see how many Lightning fans make it to the game at 7 p.m. after waking up at 6 and marching through the streets of Tampa all day long. It is exhausting. If you guys are going out to the parade, please be safe. Do not be a hero. Know your limits because it's exhausting, yet very exciting. Also, 
we will put up some polls over at Pucks and Bolts. <laughs> What's Gasparilla? My producer says, Gasparilla is a pirate invasion that we do at, in Tampa Bay. It's like the backstory of um, when the Spaniards came and set up shop here in Ebor, which is now Ebor City, and then pirates came and tried to take it away from the Spaniards and this whole battle that took place. So everybody dresses in their best pirate gear. Um, and then everybody, well, a lot of top companies or executives and stuff will make floats and have people on the floats. All the top news stations do it and you pass out beads. Um, there's some topless moments girls do to get beads, guys too. I mean, whatever, whatever your deal is. Um, but a lot of beads, a lot of beer, a lot of liquor, and it's all down this road called Bayshore, which is right on the water. The one part that has made Gasparilla so miserable the last maybe five years, aside from the COVID times, is that all of a sudden Florida wants to be cold. So Gasparilla used to be the perfect 75 what temperature day to dress like, you know, fishnets, pirate hats, one eye patches and all the things. Now it's 55 degrees and it might rain. So I will not be Gasparilla this year. I That's why I send my best wishes to everybody else that will be doing it. I will actually be out of town. But yes, guys, please be safe. Don't be a hero. If it's your first time doing the Gatsby life, you don't have to go full send. Just know that because the recovery from the Gasparilla hangover is not one day or two days. It's like a week, a week and a half if you're lucky. And your girl does not have a week and a half to be wrapped up in a blanket nursing my hangover with Pedialyte. I will say that. Um, but neither can the Tampa Bay Lightning because they have to be primed and ready to play versus the LA Kings 7 p.m. tomorrow night. As I mentioned, the LA Kings are a hell of a team to go against right now. But I think if the Tampa Bay Lightning do anything close to what they did versus the Bruins, they should pull off a W. We'll have a nice little breakdown for you of how the Boston, well, not the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning and the LA Kings showdown take place. Catch that episode with Ed and Cena to figure out what his thoughts were on the LA Kings and how the Tampa Bay Lightning will close out their homestead before going on break because next week, is NHL All-Star Week, and my amazing producer, Spencer, and myself have some exciting guests lined up for you guys, so you're not going to want to miss the upcoming Pucks and Bolts episode. We've got uh, Greg Wolf from the Tampa Bay Lightning in Arena Host. He's also had the honor and pleasure of being the Arena Host for the NHL Winter Classic on New Year's Day or the day after New Year's Day. Um, he's also doing the Stadium Series, and he will be the Arena Host for the NHL All-Star Game coming up next weekend, February 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So we're very excited to chat with him here on Pucks and Bulls, just get his insight from not only a host perspective, but also as somebody who sits on the panel for the Tampa Bay Lightning's block party with Braden Coburn, your former Lightning defenseman. So we've got him to kick off the week. We've got some super fans that you've probably seen in the arena. Stash is the only thing I will leak from that and so many others. So download that Odyssey app search pucks and bolts hit that auto download button stay up to date on all of the excitement taking place here at odyssey with us at pucks and bolts because the tampa bay lightning are just getting started and the most exciting part of the hockey season is just getting ready to kick off as soon as we wrap up our full coverage of nhl all-star weekend i'm casey hudson and thank you for joining me for another episode of pucks and bolts 2400 sports is an odyssey company 